Iced tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love I, it. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, I am a first-class name dropper. The great, legendary John Madden. And then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's- <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is that? Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I sniffed that out. I sniffed that out. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We are back from Nashville, Tennessee, as the Tennessee Titans got week six kicked off with a bang, a shocking win on Thursday night football, taking care of business against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, saving their season. Matthew Hasselbeck uncorking vintage Matthew 05 on the Titans, uh, on the uh, Steelers, and um, and save their season. As I said, they're now 2-4, and four, and the Steelers are still winless on the road at 2-3. and three. They have yet to be over 500 this season. Um, sort of, sort of like the the Green Bay Packers, the, the Super Bowl teams of two years ago, are both at two and three. Neither of them have uh, have taken care of business on the road. Even though obviously they say that they would in Seattle, but both of those teams from two years ago are under five hundred and um, and uh, and and leaving a lot of people scratching their their heads right now. Um, Chris Law, Chris Brockman, I am back, fresh off a plane. Good to see you guys. Good to see you, Rich. Good to see you, buddy. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Great, see- great to see Matthew ball out last night. Well, he looked like, I mean, what, what, what Marshall was saying is he, it looked like he was having fun for the first time in a long time. Like, he, he sort of forgot that football can be fun. And he went out and, and let, he was the leader that they need him to be, the veteran presence. Everyone was in the mix. Kenny Brett had his best game. Chris Johnson had a quality game. Nate Washington was making some catches. Jared Cook was streaming across the middle. That, uh, that big, big catch by him to set up Rob Baronis from 40 yards out sort of sealed the game. Yep. And um, he, he said something in the postgame show to you guys uh, about, hey, you know, I came into this league drafted later, undrafted, he might have said, and I just, all I wanted was a pair of shorts. Let's, I'll play this actually for us because this was really good and it just kind of shows his attitude. You look like a kid playing today. You know, what? live arm, live I was legs. A six round pick. I was just looking to get a free pair of shorts and maybe a couple <laughs> autographs in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So to, to still be playing, it's a dream come true. And yeah, I mean, when he says something like that, that's pretty cool to hear a, a QB in the NFL say that to you. Well, I mean, he's always had that uh, attitude. He really has. I mean, he's he's always been a down to earth sort of guy who always jokes about how he first came in. He was on the practice squad. Uh, way down to the depth chart uh, from Brett Favre in Green Bay where Holmgren clearly had his eye on him, and that's the guy who he went and he summoned when, when uh, Holmgren went to uh, Seattle. And uh, Matt always tells the story of how people were sending him letters uh, saying, hey, can you do me a favor and get me Brett Favre's autograph? <laughs> Those were his fan mail letters that were in his locker in Green Bay. And he's always had a sense of humor about himself. I mean, he's not in the Boston College Sports Hall of Fame. His wife is. And uh, that's the sort of down-to-earth dude that, um, that, that's worth rooting for. I mean, last night he showed up with his son, Henry Hasselbeck, and um, that's not an act. That's you know, like he's a dad first and a, and a, a quarterback second. 
and uh, it's just good to see good guys win. Now, obviously, Steeler fans think that you know they've got some good guys on their team too, but um, you're right. Just hearing what Hasselbeck said last night, it was refreshing. And the Titans now go to Western New York. They go to Buffalo uh, in week number seven, and if they can win that game, they would just be one game under 500 and and trying to tread water back into a wild card race because obviously this is the Texans' division to take home, and that's who Green Bay plays this week, by the way. In Houston, I mean that's a big Sunday night game, and we six game. for these two again. These two teams that were in the Super Bowl just two years ago, now uh, both winless on the road at two and three under five hundred, as we're currently sitting here talking to each other. Who? What surprises you more that the Packers or the Steelers are struggling the most? Well, I mean, again, we we have to with the Packers just sort of hold our breath a little bit here for a couple reasons. One is, in my mind, they're not under five hundred. Well, again, sure, you are what you are, right? So if that doesn't go against them, they're three and two right now, and we're having an entirely different conversation. But they've got a tough game on the road yes, on they Sunday. Do. Yes, they do. And let's not forget the season that they went fifteen and one. They were one and done in the playoffs. The year that they went to the Super Bowl with in week thirteen. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers was concussed against the Lions. Matt Flynn had to go into New England and play a Sunday night game and almost beat him. And it looked like that, that, that team's playoff hopes were dead. And then they went on a run, just like the Giants did last year and won. So I, I'm not ready to sound the alarm bell on, on, um, on Green Bay just yet. On Pittsburgh, they are the most banged-up team I've ever seen 11 days removed from a bye. Yeah, and they had a the tight end. They almost had this. to play at lineman last night. I, I mean, uh, they were going down like flies. There, there, there goes Pouncey again with the with the ankle, and um, so they lost two offensive linemen, two running backs. Lamar Woodley says he's going to be back uh, for next Sunday's game against Cincinnati in Week Seven, which is a big game in the AFC North, but it's on the road. So the, the Steelers need to win that game to shut anybody up, saying that they can't. They're a different team on the road than they are at home. Um, and and uh, Polamalu and Harrison are just they're, they're not the same I mean Polamalu can't stay in there and Harrison right now seems that he's playing uh, at half of Harrison yeah, can't run greatness I mean he was the one that was on that drag route on covering Jared Cook he was barely within three yards of him yep and um, you know they are they are truly hurt and just shows you just how valuable Ben Roethlisberger is he's in, he is the difference maker he is the MVP of that team unquestioned, and, and, you know, congrats to him on passing Terry Bradshaw's mark, too. Yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty pretty impressive. It was almost in the first half, too, but in a, in a losing effort. <laughs> I know. So um, all of that uh, was um, some interesting theater on Thursday night. We don't, you know, usually see um, uh, a dogfight like that on a short week. I'll be very honest. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we – uh, are are thrilled when these things unfold because nor a lot of teams have to get used to playing these short weeks, and it's tough. It's tough, and it makes for interesting theater either way. Obviously, but, oh no uh, question. Home teams are what four and one now. Uh, this season, yeah, yeah. The, the Giants are the only ones to to go in and, and win and win the game on the road, and they did it convincingly. Well, s- speaking they of interesting theater, uh, yeah. Wednesday night in Nashville. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys hit the town, no? <laughs> we, well, we uh, we did the mechanical bull thing. Um, Mariucci refused to do it. Did, did we ever get an explanation as to why he just well, up and refused? I think, I think no mas. Re- I think the part of the reason was it would had to he would had to have changed his travel plans to get in on time. Ah, okay. And as it turned out, um, he had. Um, I guess this is the the theme of the season is replacements. Um, he had t- two replacement plans. 
his first plane he gets on, there was uh, a hyd- uh, some issue with it. He had to get off. They had to bring in another plane from a hangar. He gets on that one. There was a hydraulic problem on that plane. He had to get off of that one. They, the third plane was the charm, and he was miserable. He didn't get in until midnight on Wednesday oh, yeah. night. So he was a miserable dude um, uh, that night. We didn't even see him. But me and, uh, and Kurt, it was Kurt's 15th wedding anniversary, so he's not going to tell Brenda, hey, Brenda, listen, <laughs> i got to go hop on Sizzle the Mechanical Bull. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That just wasn't going to happen. So it was just up to me, uh, Prime Cartwright, and, um, and, and Sheriff Marshall to go and do that thing. And I knew, I knew it was a losing battle for me. I knew that they would give me the toughest bull ride uh, of all three of them. Well, Rich, I mean, I, 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 t- I, I told you what to do. You told me to pay off the guy. I yeah. did, I did. No, I, told you to gr- I told you pull to a, grease the operator. Pull, what, what did you call it? I said, I said pull a Jordan, because the old story is Jordan used to pay off the baggage handlers, and then they would make bets on whose bags would come out first, right. and it would always be MJ's. And that's what I told you to do. Well, um, I couldn't. Um, Doug was the name of the guy he seemed he seemed um unimpeachable let's put it that way <laughs> ah and there were way too many producers around there there I seemed mean, to be a lot of fans down there, there too were, huh? there were there were a lot of fans and most of them were Steeler fans who had come into town uh, before because i guess the the folks who are titan fans on, on a wednesday night have jobs <laughs> you know and lives and uh so there were more Steeler fans than not and there was a, a good crowd and Dion thinks that, you know, because I said it, it seemed like the, the guy was going tough on me from the beginning. I only lasted three point some odd seconds. Right. 3.1 to be exact. Dion's like, don't you think if there's anybody that they'd want to buck off that bull faster than any anyone else, it would be me, is what Dion said, referring to himself. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But, I mean, I bounced. I hit so hard off of the, the, uh, the I guess, the bouncy um, plastic that uh, I bounced twice and into the wall. You short hopped the wall, right? Short hopped well, the wall. So Dion was saying that I hit a double, is what he said, all day Thursday. So. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's one more hit than A-Rod's gotten in this. Ah, it didn't take you long for that. <laughs> I've, I've got that your, locked and loaded. Your Yankee uh, schadenfreude, the hatred you have for the New York Yankees being a Red Sox fan. It's okay. My, uh, my Phillies are doing pretty good this postseason with yeah, Jason Worth and Raul Abanez hitting, <laughs> hitting game-winning uh, exactly. game winning home runs. So uh, we're we're, yeah, we, and we got a good one next week on Thursday night, by the way. We're, we've got Seattle at San Francisco. Absolutely. And um, both of those teams are playing a Super Bowl team from last year, this Sunday, with Seattle uh, hosting the, um, the Patriots and the Giants traveling to San Francisco. So both of them are going to be coming off of some emotionally draining, physically, uh, physically challenging home dates before they face one another on a short week for what I think everybody's going to agree um, is uh, is for the top of the NFC West. All due respect to Arizona, uh, what we saw last Thursday from their offensive line, you have to wonder if that's sustainable for them. But uh, that's a pretty big NFC West contest uh, preceded by two very large Week 6 deals coming up this week. Yeah. You know, if you think about it. Um, and, and the Seattle uh, game has an extra thing on top of it. How many boat race tweets have you gotten, Brockman? Uh, I've gotten a few. 
I've gotten a few people explaining. Uh, there's some four. Apparently, it means something different in Ireland. Yes, it does. Uh, and then uh, you it's know, a dr- it's a drinking game. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a drinking game. It refers to people's faces. And then uh, Urban Dictionary does have my definition, which is a blowout. A blowout. Yeah, we, so we we've gotten some uh, some tweets from uh, some Seahawks fans. One of the guys sent us a. Pick Twitter of his uh, of his tickets, yep. and he says, "Law, we're glad that we're glad that you're on the twelves this week, Brockman. You're going down." Yeah, a lot of guys. Seahawks fans tweeting at me, uh, giving Law some love, but uh, the Seahawks might get boat raced. This I don't weekend. know about that. I don't know about that. Peter King is uh, one of the many in the national media that's uh, choosing Seattle. I mean, that, that Seattle's a, a, a much tougher team. Oh, they're a completely different team at home there, and that's a very long way to go. Um, and if there's anybody that can that can take on the Patriots um, right now, seriously, like match up with them. Seattle's back four with right. front seven playing together is a real tough defense. So if you're going to go spread out and run against the nickel, which is what the Patriots have been doing so successfully, perhaps the depth of that secondary will be able to support um, putting the nickel out there, and 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 the and the front seven can do its job against you know Bolden and Ridley if they're going to be running out of the spread against. And them. the Seahawks have one of the biggest secondaries. Those guys are all six two, six three. They're big boys. Well, and as as we record this right now, we don't know the status of Hernandez, but if right. he plays, that's a big a big difference. Obviously, mm-hmm. absolutely, you're right. Well, it should be fun either way. And the Eagles have a big game at home against the Lions. That's yes, a big do. one that's coming up this weekend. Um, many other uh, Jets you know, Colts is interesting too. Well, I mean Andrew Luck. There's going to be a sit down with him on Sunday morning on first on the field and game day morning. Uh, Melissa Stark sat down with him, and a lot of people have certainly um, become emotionally attached to that team based on their comeback win against the Packers and what's going on with Coach Chuck Pagano. Um, so there's a lot of people that are definitely uh, into that. The Giants and the Niners, though, to me, is clearly the the marquee contest when it when a championship game from one postseason is is uh, uh, the rematch goes down. We saw a rematch in the AFC Championship game, but it wasn't in the same site as last year's title game. This year, it's the same thing. Yeah, back at Candlestick, um, and um, the Giants the Giants need it. You know, they both teams need it. Um, and it, this is great. This is a tone setter. This is this is this is a big paint swap and affair. There's a lot on the line uh, for both teams. I don't think it gets much bigger than this. The Sunday night game is obviously, uh, you know, you've got an undefeated team uh, in Houston uh, hosting Green Bay, which is two and three. That's pretty big. Uh, you know, the Monday night game is of interest as always. But to me, you know, it's it's this Giants Niners game. How do the schedule makers do the Giants like that and make them go all the way across country, even though they're the champs? Well, I mean, it's it's done that way before the season uh, postseason plays out. As soon as the regular season's over, they have we, the schedule. They have the schedule of where, of where they're playing and who they're playing. Everybody knows that because the, the reason why it's everybody knows right now who they're playing next year. Fourteen out of the sixteen games. Because it's rotational on who you're, you're obviously playing. You're a division twice. You're playing uh, rotationally um, another division in your conference and another division in another con- in the other conference. You know that. The only difference is it depends on where you finish. Right, the division and the, winners and the other two uh, placeholders that's similar to where you finished in your division in the two divisions that you're not playing rotationally. If that makes any sense. Does that make any sense to you? So, like, right now, right. 
if you take the Patriots, you know, you don't know where they're finishing. But the AFC East knows which division in the AFC that they're playing next year already. Of course. Take the other two divisions, wherever they're, uh, they're, uh, wherever the Patriots finish, they'll play the two other teams that finish in that corresponding spot in their divisions. And that's how the schedule is made up. So as soon as the season's over, regular season's over, and everybody knows where everybody finished, the league sends out the eight home dates and eight away dates of each and every team. We'll have a uh, Venn diagram on the blog page in case you (laughs) Did I make any sense right there? Did I just bore the hell out of everybody else who's listening to this thing? Um, So at any rate, that's uh, that's what we got going on this weekend. Very good. This is fun. Very good. Yeah, no, no, great matchups this weekend. We also did, I know we discussed the matchup with the Patriots and the uh, Seahawks, but Rich, your, your, uh, your premiere last night on the league. That was your, good. Your face on the first four mine. minutes. And uh, Brockman also as well giving a fist bump to uh, RG3. A little fist bump. And I made uh, – there was a second scene where I, g- I, I give the hat to Trent Richardson because he doesn't want to be drafted by the double entendres. Oh, they cut your scene too? Because mine, mine got cut. Uh, no, no. No, mine scene making. Oh, you're, mine, you – no, sorry. Yeah. Don't worry, man. You're, sorry. You're, you are one Seattle Look, Seahawks exactly. away from getting – Hey, Russell out. Wilson makes the- it happen for you and you're in. And I can't, quote, whine <laughs> about it. <laughs> I'm the biggest Seahawks fan there is this yeah, week. There's a, lot of, there's a lot going on on Thursday night with the debates and the playoff games and baseball and the league and then our stuff. It was a, there's a lot of DVRs. Absolutely. And, Rich, if you don't mind me saying, I want to uh, give a shout-out to my sister. She, uh, her baby came out yesterday. Right. Uh, the Brockman clan has a new member, little Avery Phillip Gray. Eight, no, eight no, pounds, no very healthy. No Avery underscore? Not yet. Are you yeah. sure it wasn't Chalupa Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I tried sure to I, I tried to sell that name hard yesterday morning, <laughs> but it uh, it didn't that it didn't so fly. Funny. But uh, I'm very proud of my sister and her husband. Uh, very good, terrific. Listen, I've uh, it's been fun having this chat with you guys. Okay, no question. Okay, you guys take care of yourselves. We will see you on Sunday and uh, have a have a good weekend. Stay listening. <laughs>